Good, good. Happy Veterans Day uh, to everyone that's here or may be watching, and we thank you for your service. And uh, if you uh, served in the military, will you just raise your hand real quick? Amen. Amen. Happy Veterans Day, my veterans section. So everybody there raise their hand. It's awesome. So good. Uh, we appreciate your service and thank you so very much for everything. And um, the word says that greater love has no man than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. And when you make that choice, whether you uh, were forced to do it or you made it voluntarily, uh, you still made a choice to... Uh, give of yourself in that way, and, and we appreciate it. Thank you very much. That gives us the ability to sit up here and preach the gospel and preach the good news without somebody coming in with guns and making us stop. And uh, there's lots of other benefits to it, but that's one of the major ones so that we can advance the kingdom of God because of your choices and what you've done. So thank you so very much. We appreciate it. And... Um, Let's, uh, let's just pray right now. Father, we just thank you for this evening. Thank you, Lord. Lord, right now we just hand over anything that may be on us, anything that we may be trying to carry, or maybe we weren't trying to carry it, but we have been carrying it. We just hand that over right now. If you, if you just, you're handing something over to the Lord right now, just nod your head. You can keep your eyes closed. Nod your head. Amen. Hand it over to the Lord. Thank you, Father. I just hand it to you. We hand it to you right now. Lord, let your freedom, your peace come in. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Peace and joy be in Jesus' name. Peace and joy be right now in these lives in every way in Jesus' name. Yeah, just... Hand it over to them. It's so very important for us to hand it over to them. And now, let's just resist the devil, okay? Just, Lord, in Jesus' name, we resist every trap, every deception, every weakness that he would try to bring against us, every, every uh, weapon that he would try to form. We resist that. In the name of Jesus, devil, be removed from our lives. We praise you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your victory. We give you thanks right now. Uh, give you thanks maybe even before we feel it. We give you thanks because you are always leading us to triumph and manifesting through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of you in every place. And just say it with me. Just say, Lord, I believe that. And I receive that. I need triumph. And I now have it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, now we can actually hear the word and get something out of it. Amen. <laughs> That's good. Because before then, I feel like several of us, and uh, of course it was nobody here. It had to be people watching online, had maybe some spiritual block stuff blocking that. So, amen. God is good. He cares for us. He loves us. And he loves us enough to even, you know, the Holy Spirit tell me, take the time to get everybody clean, ready to go, ready to receive, get an expectation. Ultimately, we should grow up and do that for ourselves to the point where we recognize it. We don't just carry it with us. Yeah. We recognize what the devil's doing. We recognize what our flesh is doing and put it down, you know. And so that we walk in here as mature Christians, we walk in. <laughs> 
in expectation. Nobody had to tell us. Nobody had to pray for us. But you know what? Sometimes you just need family. And sometimes it's just each other that is so very important. And we need to help, you know, bear the burden of one another. Amen? Amen. Good. So it's good. It's never feel bad because you need help. That's condemnation. Don't feel bad about that. I need help. You know, we've been talking about the shepherd series. You know, I am a shepherd. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I still need a shepherd. Because I still am a sheep too. You see? And I need that. I need that. It's not just something that I'm being obedient to. No, I need that. You know why I need that? Because God gave me a shepherd. When he yeah. gave me the gift of a shepherd, when he made me a sheep of his flock, then it, re- it required me to have a need of a shepherd. So that's okay. Don't ever feel bad because you got family that's there to help support you. So many people want to be independent, and the kingdom of God is an interdependence on one another and dependence on God yeah. in that person too, and that's okay. Amen? Amen. Amen. James 4, 6, we've been in humility and grace. And I want to say something right now, and some of you will pick up, but I'm not going to do it because it just might happen. So (laughs) if you've been listening long enough, you'll know what I'm talking about. James 4, 6 says this, but he gives a greater grace. Praise God. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. How many people need God's grace? How many people need God's grace that's greater than your problems? How many people would sign up if he said, I'll give you a little bit more? How many put your name on the list? Right? All right. Well, here's how you sign up. You ready? I'm going to tell you how to sign up on his list. Be humble. Be humble. Stop being proud. Be humble. So, This verse is in a chapter here. We've been looking at this, and and we did at the very beginning of the humility and grace. Isn't it funny how when we started this series, however many ago it was, we had the whiteboard out almost every Wednesday night, and we were drawing cool stuff. Eventually, somewhere in there, it stopped. But in the beginning, it said grace, and we did the little greater than sign and put a blank there, and your problems. Grace is greater than your problems. You can put anything in that blank. Because grace will be greater than that. So you got a problem, you just put it in that blank, and you just tap into the grace that God has for you. But we've talked about this the whole time. Just because God poured out a grace, just because God made a grace free to you, doesn't mean that you walk in it. God released the grace of salvation to everybody. But we know because of the word that not everybody is going to actually receive that grace. So there, we can walk in his grace or not based off of the choices that we make. Uh, it's kind of, there's no price for salvation, but there is a condition that we believe it and accept it and receive it by faith, right? It doesn't cost us anything. He's given to each one of us the measure of faith, but there is that condition. We've got to receive him as our Lord and believe that God raised him up from the dead by faith. There's a condition there to walk in that grace. It's free, though. It's just we've got to accept it. 
Well, you can have grace greater than your problem, but you have to accept it. And you have to walk into those areas where grace uh, lives. This verse, what I love about this verse is it shows that we can be walking in opposition to God. Or we can be walking with God. And that's where grace is. But if we are in pride, we're in opposition to God, we're going away from grace, and then we're wondering, you know, because we've been taught, you know, a lot on the sovereignty of God, well, God's got it. It's in God's hands. And that is true to a degree, but a lot of times people apply that truth in the wrong way. It can be in God's hands when you give it to God. But if you haven't given it to God in his way, in his order, it's not in his hands. It's in yours. Just like salvation. He's given you free salvation, the grace of salvation. But until you give your life to him in acceptance, it's not in God. you're not in God's hands. So grace is the same way. In other words, I need to make sure it is a free gift. It is 100% paid for. There is nothing, zero, that you need that Jesus has not already paid for. When he said it's finished, who that was a big word. That was a big word. When he said it's done, he basically meant everything is paid for. Everything. Everything. But the question is, will you walk in it? And would you say that you have seen the manifestation of everything paid for in your life? Then it becomes very obvious that if it's, all, if it's paid for and everything is finished and we haven't walked in it, we play a part. It becomes very obvious that we can walk in it or not. What I love about that verse is it really shows that there's two areas and you can choose which one you're going to live in. You know, I've always, I've often said it like the two playgrounds, you know. Devil comes steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that I might have life in the devil's playground. He loves to, ha- he has fun stealing, killing, and destroying. When we step out of God's ways, we automatically step into the devil's place where he steals, kills, and destroys. We set ourselves in opposition to God through pride by saying, I'm not going to do it your way, God, because I know better. That's pride, and it places us in opposition in the devil's playground. Or we can say, you know what's best. I'm listening to you. I'm doing it your way. And all of a sudden, we place ourselves in God's playground where he loves. He has fun giving you life and life in abundance. It's a great place to be. Amen? Amen? All right. So this verse in verse 6 is awesome. He gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. But here's the thing. Um, There's some verses before that. And so let's go to the top of that chapter in James chapter 4 and verse 1. And uh, these first few verses here, they are very interesting. And... uh, Let me just remind you that this is not me saying this to you. This is God saying this to you before we read these. And uh, uh, you can choose right now to either be prideful and say, well, that's not me. Or you can choose to be humble and say, where is this me? That's a good question. Where is this me? All right, so 
What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Now, isn't this interesting? And this really, in context, this is not really asking about specific quarrels and conflicts only to the people that James was writing this to. This is talking about in general. He's basically saying, where are all your problems coming from? That's what he's saying. Where's all your, wouldn't it be nice to know where all of your problems are coming from? If you knew where your, all your problems were coming from, then you would at least be on the path to get them fixed, correct? All right, so this is an important question. What is the source of all your quarrels and conflicts? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? In other words, is it not the things that your flesh likes to do? He's saying the stuff your flesh likes to do is the source of every conflict and every fuss and quarrel among you. Yeah. And you trace it back. Just think here for a second. When's the last time I fussed? <laughs> I know it'll take you some time. I know that, you know, you'll have to, like, dredge the deep memories of, and recesses of your brain to find a quarrel and a conflict. I know that it'll take you a while, but just think back. I know that y'all are sharp and probably already thinking of one, even though it was very, very deep for you to remember. But I, think about that quarrel, and you think back about what were we fighting over? What were we arguing over? What was the conflict? Everybody's smiling at me. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't as deep as what I was saying. I don't know. What was the source of it? You know what the source of it is most of the time? is fear. Yeah. It's some kind of fear that your flesh pulls out and says, I don't know if this will ever stop. Yeah, I remember uh, Creflo Dollar one time telling a story, and uh, he said uh, his wife, is, her name is Taffy, and she walked in, and uh, I forget exactly what she asked. She said something about, can I go spend some money on this, that, this, that, what? She, yeah, she, she said, can I have, uh, I don't know, several hundred dollars or a thousand dollars to go shopping for something? And he said... What do you think I am? Made of money? And then he went, you know, because the source of that quarrel and conflict is fear. And generally, any anger is rooted in fear. Yeah. And if you watch, and I'll show you an example of it in there. He, he brought it up. But if you'll watch it in your own life, he, here's what he thought. Here, instantly, his flesh said, man, if I keep giving her money and saying yes to her, we're going to run out. If I keep saying yes to her, what does she think I am, made of money? She's going to come, if I say yes today, she's going to come tomorrow and ask again. Then she's going to come tomorrow and ask again. And then she's going to come tomorrow and ask again. And all of a sudden, we don't have any money. All of a sudden, we are in complete lack. Well, is that what the Word says? Not at all. He, one of his points was, at that time, gas was rising up and... Uh, 
Uh, no, this is Keith Moore. He said, I don't, he said, I don't care if gas goes, I think at this point it was around a dollar and a gallon. He said, I don't care if gas goes to $10 a gallon. I'm going to be provided for because I'm a child of the king. In other words, I don't have to get in fear. And you watch that, and you watch statements like this, like, well, golly, inflation, man, how much is this stuff going to cost? I, you know, they think we're made out of money. You think all these are fear statements. They're fear statements coming from your flesh. Well, who cares if, if Brent, I, I saw somebody, somebody said something just a, a week or so ago. I'm pretty sure it was a church member because I was thinking they should know better than saying that. <laughs> Not a member here, but church goer. Let's just say that. And uh, they're like, golly. They, I think the comment was, this just costs too much. That's just too much for a loaf of bread. Or that's just too much for a gallon of milk. Says who? That's the question. Says who? See, Right now, says your bank account. But you don't need to be taking advice from your bank account. Who do we take advice from? Who are we led by? God and the Spirit of God. Who says it's too much? See, I, I used to, I'd, I'd be the same way. I'd be like, man, $5. Mm, I'm going to put that back. No, we'll just, we'll just when, here, girl, go put that back. <laughs> go put that back on the shelf, right? I don't think like that anymore. It's not that I'm being um, lackadaisical or uh, with a lack of discipline in my finances. I'm disciplining myself towards love and provision and the heart of God, the promises of God. Now I see something costs more than I think it should, and I'm kind of like, amen, I trust God to pay for that thing. And I'm almost giving, I'm almost giving a uh, glory to God and, and a worship to God by paying a high price for something. Now that doesn't mean that I should just go around and find everything high price. That's not what I'm saying. We, we have a, if I'm a good steward, then I'm going to save money so that I can give more to the kingdom. All right, if I'm a good steward, that's what I do. I'm not saying don't be a bad steward. I'm saying don't let high prices put you in the place of quarrel and conflict in your heart. Matter of fact, you see high prices, you should start praising God that you can pay them. See, that, that's a different attitude. You can either fuss over it or you can praise God. I'm glad you're taking care of this. It doesn't matter if it's taking my last dollar. Praise God, I had it. Amen. You'll sin more. That's who you are. You'll sin more. So see, what is the source of the quarrels and conflicts among you? It almost always comes back to fear and basically anything anti-God in your flesh. Somebody give me an idea of a quarrel or conflict that, that you've had that you don't mind sharing and it won't make look, somebody look bad. That might be tough. So, <laughs> what's a quarrel that you've had recently? Finances. Finances. Okay. So why, you know, 
quarrel if you don't mind me asking some questions. So I'm assuming that you didn't have enough money for finance for for the things that you needed, right? I think I did. Yeah. You didn't think you did out of fear. That's a good statement. I didn't think I did. And so the whole conflict that was arising in you was a fear that God wouldn't come through on time. Yeah. Is that godly or biblical? If you look at the Bible and see that he's your provider, if you really believe that, doesn't that whole conflict go away? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that, see, well, well, that's not real numbers, Brian. N yet, well, it's not real worldly numbers, but it's godly yeah. numbers. And those are more real than your worldly numbers, sorry to tell you. Yeah. I'm catching you up on spiritual stuff, not, not the world catching me up on the worldly stuff. I could care less. What's another quarrel conflict that somebody's had recently? Yes, ma'am. Um, I went through a little accident. My lady, my lady hit me. Okay. And it's okay. Yeah. I mean, didn't turn my airbag. Didn't go off. Amen. You know, and I just was rejoicing in the Lord. And she knew about it already. I called her and told her. What was the quarrel or conflict? Her father. Whose father? Her father. Oh, okay. Money, money. Word, word, word. It's going to cost us. And I went, not yeah. 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 So the quarrel was that you got an accident and then you were believing they'll be okay and then somebody else was saying, uh, what are we going to do? How's this going to get paid? How's this? And so what is the, what's the quarrel there and what's the conflict? What's the root of it? Fear. fear, right? All right. And so, and now here's the other side of it. What would be the continuing conflict in that? In other words, if you are still at odds over that thing, what's the continuing conflict? Yeah, I know, but are you are have did you get tempted to still be mad about that quarrel? No, in my old days, I probably would. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so. Here's what I'm saying. There's a temptation almost to hold that. Now that you brought up a fuss and a fight, now you have a temptation, not saying that you did, but I know I've, I've been this way before. Now you have a temptation to still be mad. Yeah. Well, where's that coming from? Unforgiveness. Somebody challenging you, right? You're challenging what I know. I, I tell you what I know, you know. And, and w again, what's the quarrel and conflict? Fear that they don't trust you. Fear that you might be wrong. You see, no matter how you boil it down, when you start getting down to it, if you're in a quarrel, if you're in a conflict, it always comes back to it's the worldly flesh, the corrupted flesh. What's the source of quarrels and conflicts? Is not the source the pleasures that wage war in your members. I want to be right. I want to have enough. I don't want to lack. It's, it's your flesh. And when you start putting your flesh down to nothing and putting it under, you'll find that you're at pretty good peace, even when people challenge you. Yeah. Even when people you know, try to bring stuff up, you'll just walk in this peace. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to be fine. And then guess what? You stop holding things against one another. Because you're at peace with it. Well, da 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 You know, fuss, 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 fuss. <laughs> then you smile at them. Because you're not bothered. 
And sometimes that will make them even worse. <laughs> and bunches of head nods on that one. But that's okay. Eventually what will happen is you'll smile because you're not in conflict. And they'll go, why are you never in conflict? You know, why are you never like that? It's going to be okay. And I really, really know it. I don't have to be always under pressure and always in fear. I've learned that's not God, and I'm not going to be there anymore. Matter of fact, when I get there, I block God out of it. I block his grace from entering my life. What's the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? And see, this is also saying your desire for things. Uh, you're, you lust and do not have, so you commit murder. Well, Brian, I hadn't killed anybody. Well, all right, we'll get political. Um, how about voting for the person that believes in abortion? Because you think that they'll bring your... Finance is higher. Oh, snap. <laughs> right? I had somebody one time that said, I voted for this person because I think they'll raise up the, you know, the gross domestic product. They'll bring up everybody's wages. So that's why I'm voting for them. And I was sitting there screaming on the inside, wishing that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, would allow me to say something. Because here they are voting for their common good because they're lusting after things that they don't have. They want to go higher. It's a physical thing. Instead of seeking God. You are envious and cannot obtain. So you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive. Because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteress. I'm, I'm going to remind you all again. You know, remember at the beginning of this, I said, this is not me saying this. This is God. I just wanted to remind you. I know it's coming out of my mouth. I'm just reading. I'm just reading. You adulteresses. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm talking to myself too. Do you not know that the friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Lots of fidgeting going on. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore it says God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Aren't you glad we didn't start this series with reading those verses but just went straight to this one? 
Do you see what he's saying here? He's saying that all that stuff that is inside of you quarreling and fighting and scratching and toiling for is covered by grace. It's all already given by grace. All you have to do is put down pride and put on humility. And then all of a sudden you don't have quarrels, you don't have conflicts, and you do have the stuff that you actually have been fighting for all your life. In other words, start making decisions based on God, not based on you, not based on your finances. You know, this is, we are, I mean, to go back to the political, we're coming up on voting next year. We're coming up to the primaries. Let me tell you, the most, uh, the most godly people are always, historically, voted out in the primaries. And a lot of times, they're voted by Christians, not voted by Christians, under this excuse. Well, they wouldn't in anyway. I'm going to back the one who I think will win. Really? I thought you were supposed to vote for who God told you. I thought you were supposed to be led by the Spirit of God and vote that no matter what you think. I'm sorry, are we supposed to be led by logic or are we supposed to be led by God? But see, this is, this is exactly it. It's us saying, I know better than God does. My logic is stronger. So I'm going to go with, I, I understand math and how it works. So I'm going to vote with the person that I think has the best chance of winning. No, 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 no. You see, and this is something I heard several years ago, and I love it. Your vote is your seed. You are planting seed for, if it's presidential race, for the next four years. And guess what? You get a harvest based off of what you plant. So in other words, you plant with the intention of hearing God and being obedient to what the Holy Spirit is drawing you to do. Guess what the harvest is for you over the next four years? Godliness. Doesn't matter who got put in. Lord, I sought you. What would happen if all the Christians in the nation actually sought to hear God on every single candidate? You know what would happen? We'd have revival in this country. But we've got to stop trying to think for ourselves and tap into a supernatural wisdom that God already possesses because he sees and knows it all and plant the seed of godliness. Plant the seed of leading. Plant the seed of discerning what the heart of God is saying. But see, a lot of times we don't make those choices because we're interested in what will benefit us the most. And it's wrong is wrong. We've got to hear from God. My, my philosophy on, on uh, I definitely, you know, I definitely personally have uh, a political position, okay? It, and it's pretty obvious, <laughs> you know. But my advice to you as a shepherd is, just like our offering, seek the Lord and be obedient. Follow the leading of God. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts on your candidates of choice. Let the peace of God rule. Ask him. Seek him. Why? Because it is your seed for that period of time. It's very, very important. 
I'll try to point you in what's godly that they're supporting and what's not godly. I'll try to show you those things. And all I'm trying to do is not tell you which one or, or how or why. I'm just trying to show you this is a godly principle. This is not a godly principle. And then you say, Lord, all right. Show me who to vote for. Right? But see, this is exactly what he's talking about. Even in our jobs, we're, we're scratching and toiling and trying to, you know, have the house that we've always dreamed of. You know what? Forget the house you've always dreamed of. Put God first. Well, let's say you went for 120 years on this earth and you never had the house that you dreamed of. You're going to have a mansion you always have dreamed of and it's going to be bigger and better based off of what you do here. Who cares? You're, you know, there's a, a term we talked about it in business called delayed gratification. It means I'll do today what's necessary so that I could have a gratified response later. Something that gratifies me later. In other words, I'll do the work now. Yeah. I'll do the work that's necessary now so that we will have the gratifying uh, feeling and position later. Well, that's what we're doing here on this earth. We're given this life as an obedient living sacrifice to God. And he says, look, I'm going to reward you. I'm going to put you in charge of stuff. But most people are so focused on themselves in this life, they end up where they're always in conflict and quarrel because they've not even humbled themselves to the plan that God has. And the plan that God has says, you who would be greatest will be least and the least will be the greatest. We've got to serve. We've got to serve, stop thinking about ourselves, even to the point of stopping thinking about, you know, just promoting our church. I told, uh, had a situation where we gave a, a shirt to somebody and they wore it into another church. And somebody said, what are you doing? Wearing another church's shirt in here. And they were like joking, but you know, as well as I do, half of that's joking, the other half is serious, right? And I thought, Man, that gives me a good idea. I'm going to go to all my pastor friends. I'm going to get their shirt, and I'm going to wear their shirt in town and promote them all over town. You know, one day it'll be the gathering. One day it'll be, be you know, growing family. Another day it'll be harvest. And then it'll be North Albemarle and Highland Baptist and all, all these guys that I know personally. I'm going to promote them all over town yeah. as the pastor. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about serving. I hope y'all do the same. Get them. Wear them. Awesome. I, you know what I thought would be the coolest thing is if all of us got a friend of ours to give us a shirt from another church and we all wore them on one day. That would be so cool. Take a big picture. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be cool? That's what unity is. Let me read the same thing in the uh, message. James 4.1. It says, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. Now that right there is very telling. Because a lot of times we can sit in here and be like, mm, that's not me, that's not me. But on the inside, way deep down, there's a battle raging. And it's the flesh going, I want, I want, I want. 
And your mind's going, your mind's saying, that's not me, that's not me, that's not me, but it is. How do you, well, Brian, how do you know that? Because I've done it too, and I still do it. And I still have to deal with it because I have a flesh. There was a battle raging deep on the inside of me. As much as I didn't want to be that person, I was. And at times, I still am. And I'll catch it. Something will come to light. I'll ask the Holy Spirit to shine some light in me. And all the way, way on deep down in there, the Holy Spirit will show something. I'll be like, golly. Feel like Paul in Romans chapter 7. Oh, wretched man that I am. The thing I don't want to do, I do. And the thing I want to do, I don't do. Why? Because I've got a flesh that I still need to root out of my life. I need to renew my mind. All of us do. They come about because you want your own way and you fight for it deep inside yourselves. And what God is saying is, this is pride. And not looking at it, not shining the light on it, not dealing with it, pride. Not humility and not the place of grace. And then we blame God for not fixing it. When we're the ones saying, "Mm, don't shine that light down in here, Lord. It's like, I don't know if I want to go up for prayer because he might say something about this. He might point it out in front of everybody. Which God never does that in a way that's... The only, only way that he would point it out like that in front of everybody and like name it is if that person has been in rebellion and they're about to really fall off a cliff. You know, it's kind of like the guardrail keeps you off the cliff, but it's only when you're really getting really close to falling off the cliff you actually hit it and feel the impact. That's the way it is. Most of the time, God, God's never going to just highlight your mess. The only reason he would ever do that is try to save you before you completely wreck your life. But see, that's where we turn to the... And the reason we don't know that, the reason why we would shy back from saying stuff to somebody or not trusting a shepherd or not, the reason we would do that is because we really don't trust the hand of God. We don't trust God with our stuff. And that's what it's showing. We, we're not willing for him actually to shine a light. Lord, I don't trust you enough to handle this properly. And so we won't share it and we don't trust people. Ooh, this is one of them messages. Huh? So, <laughs> verse 2. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You won't what isn't yours. And let, let me just ask this. What do you have that's not God's? What, let me ask it like this. What do you have and own and possess that really is yours, or at least you should see it as yours? Nothing. As Christians, we should every penny of it Using a financial term, but I mean every ounce of it, every every square you know millimeter of substance or whatever, we should see that as Lord, this is yours. Otherwise, He doesn't have you. That's right. That stuff has you. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You you remember the prideful guy that uh, his life was required of him that night. 
You remember what he did? He had all his stuff in barns, but his barns were getting too small. He said, I, I will... He said, I will destroy those barns and build bigger ones. So he, why? So he can just store it? And God's like, you wicked person. This life is not meant, how do you, this life is not meant to store. Yeah, you should have overflow and you should have, you know, savings accounts, but they should be flowing you don't want storage. You want a flow. This is the way of God. Yeah. See, we, we get stuff and we just accumulate and accumulate and accumulate and ho try to hold on to it like this and then we die and it goes to nothing. Nothing. Right. It's not God's way. And that guy, he said, let me tear him down. Let me tear him down and I'll build more so I can store more of my stuff. Yeah, and, and it's still God for us to give a living even to our generation and our, a generation after our children's children. That's God. That's, that's a correct thing. But what we're teaching them even more than giving them something is teaching them how to operate in the kingdom. We teach them how to be godly. Otherwise, even if I, let's say that I had big storehouses of an inheritance and I just gave it to Abigail, if she doesn't know what to do with it, she's going to lose it in a matter of no time. Because she doesn't understand how it got there in the first place. She's not going to be able to hold on to something she doesn't know how to operate in. It'll just right through their fingers do the wrong things with it. So... She ought to be able, the point is to give an inheritance so that they don't go through, that they can basically have a springboard multiplying the work that you did for the kingdom. Yeah. Not for you. This work on this earth is not for us. <laughs> it's for God. Verse 2, you lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and will risk violence to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? Think about this. Well, I wouldn't hurt somebody to get it. I imagine that most of us would not go to that level to do it. But yet, <laughs> and, and we can all say, no, we wouldn't do this. But I can about assure you that almost all of us have that we would lie to get a job. We would lie on somebody else to get in front of them. Maybe you won't do it now, but there was a period of time where you would have. Yeah. I would have. And see, we don't see that. That's the problem. We don't see that as violence. And yet we completely violated the law of God. Ooh, what a message. I want to say I'm sorry, but I'm not because this is what the Holy Spirit's leading us to. This is the kind of stuff that will set you free if you start changing your thinking. You start changing your thinking, you'll start to live in kingdom ways, and all of a sudden, you'll change. You remember when we did the stinking thinking series? I, I've been thinking about that one a lot. We might be getting ready to go back into that. But one of, the, one of the things, the stinking thinking that we looked at was called a user mentality. 
And it was pretty much, they was trying to use everybody to get ahead. And as much as we wanted to say that's not us, every bit of us has, if you got a flesh, you got a piece of it in you that you have to constantly put down. Constantly looking for everybody else to supply your needs. Man, I, I saw somebody recently got ticked off and mad because the church did not supply for their needs. Because the church didn't say yes to every, let me put it like this because it's more accurate. The church didn't say yes to every demand that they asked. Got mad. Had nothing to do, of course, you know, them being in that position because of their choices. Had nothing to do with that. Didn't get mad at it with themselves. Got mad at the church because we didn't say yes to every demand that they asked. User mentality. You have to watch that. At some point, I can remember this. Um, I was telling somebody about, I think it was on Sunday after church. There was one point where in our adult life, if I found myself in a financial bind, I had a go-to person. And I'd get down to that point. I'd allow a little bit of pressure to come on. But when the pressure get too break, too great, I'd go, ring, ring, ring. Hey, Dad, I need some help. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't rolling in it, but he had a heart to give to his son, and I knew it. And eventually, one day, I was in that position again, and it just kept repeating itself because the devil's going to keep on doing stuff as long as you keep falling prey to it. And so instead of me actually learning how to come up out of it by myself with God, I just kept going to my check, check person. I just kept being a user on him. And finally, the Holy Spirit said, if you don't stop calling him, you're never going to learn how to trust me for finances. You're never going to come out of this. You're never going to get to that place that you want to preach about. You're never going to get to it. And I went and I made up my mind. I said, I will not ever call him again. Lord, I will trust you. My, the word says this, let your request be made known before God, to God, not to Dad. <laughs> I said, I won't, I won't do it again. And the next time came around, and oh my goodness, the pressure. It's like, the phone's right there. All you need is a little bit. You just need a couple hundred dollars. The phone's right there. Do, 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 do. And he's there, and he's going to say yes. And I was, uh, 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 but I made up my mind. Mm -mm. Nope, Lord, I'm trusting you. And man, golly, was I sweating, because I didn't know how this thing was going to work out, right? But guess what? I stepped out of being a user. And I started to become a believer. Yeah. God came through. I've never seen him not come through every single time after that. Every time. Never have I seen him not come through. Never. But I had to get my faith off of my dad and get my faith on God. Well, guess what happened? Yeah. It wasn't but a couple of years later, all of a sudden, because I had learned how to operate in the kingdom now, Oh, our finances had shifted and turned. His actually had gone a different direction, and he called me up. Do you know what a blessing it was for me to be able to do this? Not because I had outworked him. I, had, I hadn't done that. It would take me years to catch up with all the work that he's done. 
What had happened was I had learned how to operate in the kingdom, and I got to give back to him. That was a blessing to me, but I could have never done it if I would have maintained a user mentality. I had to take responsibility for my own faith, for my own trust in God. And this is what all this is talking about, is you're constantly actually trying to trust the world and its things and its ways, and you're not trusting me. You're in pride, you're not in humility, and you can't have the grace. Because you're stepping yourself out of it. And I'm telling you these things so that you will move into humility out of pride and step into my grace. Because my grace is greater than any person you can call up on the phone. My grace is greater than anybody who will pull you out on this earth. His grace is greater. And it always works. That person don't always work. But it always works. Because that's who God is. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. See, that's most of the time why we don't go to God, because we're afraid he'll say no. Because inside, your spirit's going, this is the wrong thing to be asking for anyway. And your flesh is going, but I want it, but I want it. Give it to me, I want it, I want it, I want it. Your Spoiled children, each wanting your own way. You're cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God and his way. And do you suppose that God doesn't care? The proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better. Far better. Listen, now take this side of it. You've heard the side where you're messing up, but take it. Move to this place. Move yourself to right here. Move your mind to right here. And what he gives, what he gives, what he gives, and he's so willing to do it, so ready to do it, what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. Let's be the kind of people that puts on humility, stops fighting God, stops having quarrels and conflicts, it gets, it's so easy when the quarrels and conflicts go away. It's so easy when everything stops bothering you because you're not on edge all the time because you're not afraid of everything. Just last night, you know, had multiple phone calls. I'm, I am in a rush, got tons of stuff to do, and, and this, is what, this is what the night was like, the afternoon. Ring, I got a problem. Ring, I got a problem. Email, I have a problem, help me. Uh, Facebook Messenger, I got a problem, help me. Wondering, I'm already out of time before they ever started. And inside of me, it, guess what's happening? Mm, and it's building. And I mean, this, you know, that steam pressured building. I don't have time to handle all this. I can't handle it. And you're being a bunch of babies anyway. Why don't if you'd have done what I said? You know, and that's building. I feel like I'm going to blow a gasket any time. 
That was how the Lord let me release that. <laughs> and I had to say, you know, it's going to be okay. Because when you start learning this and learning how to get humble, here's what happens. You start realizing it's not a problem. It's only a problem if I think it's a problem. If I'd stop thinking it's a problem, it'd just go away because God's grace is greater. Stop being in fear. It's going to be all right. God's going to work it out. And even if my flesh has to do something it don't want to do, <gasps> lo and behold, that's probably okay too. Probably is. It's going to be all right. It's going to be fine. Even tonight, I got a list of stuff to do. You know, after the service. It's all right. God's going to handle it. It'll be okay. I'm not going to help myself by getting in stress over it. That's just going to make it worse. I start to learn how to relax in him. Let him handle stuff. I don't even have to handle it. All of a sudden, I relax in him. He starts, his grace starts going to work, starts fixing stuff. All of a sudden, I turn around and be like, oh, that's done. How'd, how'd that get? And God's like, I did it because I love you. Because he's, he's graceful. His grace is greater. Oh, well, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. All of a sudden, it just works out. You just don't worry about it. It's not a problem. You should get that in your head. It's not a problem. God's always leading to triumph. It's not a problem not a problem the devil wants to make you think it's a problem the devil wants to make it a quarrel the devil wants to make it a conflict your flesh wants to make it that to God it's not a problem it's not a problem his grace is greater but we got to learn how to operate in it we got to learn how to relax like with those finances where I called my dad I had to learn how to relax in the middle of a pressure-filled situation in the world. All right, Lord. Okay. Shake off the, all this weight. Shake off this care. <sighs> Relax. You got this. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I, Chris and I were talking uh, last week. You had a situation at work, and it was an uh, uh, interesting one, right? It had the potential to bring lots of pressure, right? And then you sent me a, a thing today, I think it was, and said, man, today's going great. All this is handled. This got this report in. Everything's going great. And my thoughts were, boy, what a difference a week makes. But here's the thing, and that's where we have to learn how to relax is, uh, and he didn't do bad. I'm just saying, here's what it, what it looks like one day, and one week later, it's, not, it's just an afterthought because it's already handled. God's completely turned things. And a lot of times, the problems that we think are so big and so life-ending, they're not at all. But if we actually get into the fear of them, we'll give life to that problem. We've got to learn how to relax in them. I was praising God. Man, amen. What looked like such a big problem was nothing. In the end, it's nothing. And even if it was a big problem, you know, compared to what the world would say about it, God will handle it and make it like it wasn't. God will take care of it. Even if it looks like, just use money, even if it looks like you're going to lose money, well, God's big enough to give you more than you lost. Faith that goes beyond the problem. Relax in Him. Relax in Him. Lord, we just thank You. Thank You for Your grace. Lord, thank You that You love us. 
what will we do without that? We, Lord, I have an idea that we have no idea how many problems you've already fixed in our life that we don't even know about. And yet we're worrying about the ones that we actually do have come up in our mind. That's silliness when we know you and your love. That's just silly thinking. Matter of fact, I think your word pretty much puts it like this. It's prideful. When we think that there's something that you can't handle or won't handle, that's just pride. It's a lack of knowledge of who you really are. How in the world, and here's, here's where you say that in Romans 8.32, if you would give us your son, how would you not with him freely give us all things? How in the world? So, Lord, we can look at anything and we can just take rest in you. We can rest in you. You say to not rest in you is vanity in Psalms 127. To not rest in you is vanity. It's vain. It's pride. Lord, you say that there is no fear in love and you are love. There's no fear in you. If we have fear in any level, on any plane, then we are accepting anti-godliness so Lord we don't take fear we take peace you've given us a spirit of love strength and a sound mind disciplined mind you have not given us a spirit of fear So, Lord, we just humble ourselves to who you are. We humble ourselves to your strength. We humble ourselves to your power. We humble ourselves to your peace. And we receive that instead of fear. We receive that instead of the desires of our flesh, the longings of our flesh, the, the pressure of our flesh. We receive you because you have the answer. You have the grace that's greater and will bring everything we need. And we praise you for it and thank you for it and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great night.